the pandemic, civil unrest, protest, and the road to the White House. You are listening to The John DePietro Show. J.K.L. Engineering. Folks, whether it's wintertime, spring, or summer, they'll keep you nice and comfortable in your home. Why not let J.K.L. Engineering let them design and install a natural gas, high-efficiency carrier infinity system? Energy-efficient, quiet, more affordable than you think. No gas, no problem. Let J.K.L. Engineering design and install a high-efficiency heat pump system, including ductless splits. Heats in the winter, cools in the summer. These units are so efficient, it can reduce your oil bill as by as much as 90%. They have the highest rebates in the market, and they also do new installation replacement of high-efficiency gas boilers. Now, J.K.L., is a carrier factory authorized dealer. They're licensed in Rhode Island and Massachusetts. Folks, let's face it. Being inside, being comfortable in your home, is there anything more important right now with what we're going through? Call J.K.L. Engineering. Central Air is a game changer for your life. Talk about improving quality of life. Here's what I'm saying. J.K.L., they'll keep you warm in the wintertime and cool in the summertime. 53 years of experience, their reputation second to none whether you're in rhode island or massachusetts call jkl engineering today estimates are free financing is available for both residential and commercial call my friends at jkl 401-351-7600 remember estimates are free financing is available let's be nice and comfortable in your home jkl 401-351-7600 you're listening to the John DePietro Show. Folks, weekdays, we start at 11 and we go until 2. It's AM 1380, 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at the website, dipietro.com. Remember, when you're there, if you ever miss any portion of the program, you can always just go to the website, dipietro.com, and then click on radio show, and then you can listen that way. It's time for our legal segment. Joining us right now, he is uh, one of Rhode Island's top attorneys, Tim Dodd. And Tim, I would, um, I'd like to start off with, we all remember the very dramatic shooting that took place in Providence, right on that ramp at the uh, Providence Place Mall, the stolen cruiser. And now the woman that was in that car, she did survive. Apparently she's had a uh, terrible damage done. And, um, and now all these, it's, uh, it, it's hard to believe it was actually November of 2017, but now she is uh, taking legal action and ready to sue. Yes, um, it's time flies. It doesn't seem like it's that long ago, but uh, here we are. Um, I think that this woman has a very, very viable lawsuit she has brought against, um, I believe, four or five specific state troopers, about four or five specific Providence police officers, the state police, the Providence police, the state of Rhode Island, and the city of Providence, I think, are all defendants. Um the conduct of the police officers um, when put before the grand jury was found to be um, appropriate from a criminal law standpoint. So when the grand jury looked at this and found that there was no crimes that were committed by the officers, that just absolved the officers involved from any exposure from a criminal standpoint, not from um, civil suit. Now, Certainly, I believe the actions of the police officers in general regarding this particular matter um, was over the top. Um, your, your listeners will recall that a guy was in the back of a cruiser, state police cruiser. The, uh, this trooper gets out of the vehicle and somehow this um, guy who was handcuffed jumps in the front seat while handcuffed and takes off in the, in the state trooper's cruiser. Uh, the weapon was still in the vehicle. It's a very bad thing for a trooper to have this happen. Um, it's embarrassing to him. It's embarrassing to the department. Now they find the cruiser. The guy's not in it. They think that somebody has seen this guy get into a white pickup truck, and suddenly it's like the O.J. Simpson chase. There's like many, 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 many police vehicles um, chasing what they think is the right truck. And they think that it has this defendant who um, 
commandeered the, the police cruiser driving it. Uh, as it turns out, it's not the defendant. It was a different guy with a woman in the vehicle. So they had the wrong guy. Um, and ultimately, the vehicle is stopped in a backup of vehicles on an on-ramp to Route 95 right near the mall. And for reasons which are somewhat inexplicable, um, they start blasting away at this vehicle. I believe it was 43 shots were fired at and hit the um, vehicle and or its two occupants. Um, amongst the, the salvo of bullets, one, at least one killed the driver and at least one bullet seriously, seriously wounded the woman who was ostensibly an innocent bystander in this. Her complaint um, states in part that um, there was no reason for this chase. Um, uh, there was no reason for the police to all open fire. Um, if it was a chase, it was not a chase from a suspect uh, who had recently committed a crime of violence. Um, I believe when they found the uh, trooper's um, cruiser, his, his weapon was still in it. So there was no suspicion that this guy, if they had the right guy, that he would have been armed. Um, they would have suspected that they would have had some guy in handcuffs driving a pickup truck down the highway. Um, the reaction of the police seems to have been um, over the top, overly aggressive. And I think it was because one of their own had been put into um, a bad light based upon let, letting a defendant who was handcuffed somehow commandeer the cruiser and take off. Um, I think she has a very viable case. I think that it'll settle and she'll get a substantial sum of money. I don't think the cops want this case to go to trial where they'll have to get up on the stand and explain why they did what they did and the sequence of events that led to this encounter. Um, it all seemed at the time way over the top. Tim, this is also, this was, um, it's Providence Police and it is the Rhode Island State Police. And exactly with her um, lawsuit, it's against the city of Providence, I believe the uh, yes. city of Providence and the, the state of Rhode Island. And is that it because you have the two different police forces there? Yes. And I believe the bullet, which actually struck her and damaged her liver and did all sorts of internal damage to her, necessitating multiple surgeries and apparently ongoing pain and suffering. The bullet was from, and I guess they can specifically identify which trooper fired the shot that hit her. And he is one of the named um, defendants um, personally. Um, will he ever have to pay out of his pocket? No, um, the state will defend these officers. Um, there's no suggestion that they were acting in a criminal manner or outside the scope of their employment, so they would have representation. And if there was ever a judgment um, against any of these officers individually, the state or the city would be on the hook or obligated to, to pay whatever the penalty was. Um, so she's got a good case. She's got a very good law firm representing her. Um, it's amazing that it's almost three years since this event, but this case will settle, John. They can't. The, the police officers and the departments involved can't take this to trial. It's just a matter of how much money. We have no idea how much she's they're seeking. We don't know how much she's seeking. Apparently, her medical bills are north of $150,000. Um, you can assume she's got um, a little under three years of pain and suffering. Um, I don't recall exactly how old she is, but I would presume that um, her attorneys will be looking for a lifetime of pain and suffering because mm. these these scars, these internal organ damages, and this ongoing pain and suffering will, um, in all likelihood, be permanent. Uh, folks, it's John DePietro. We're speaking with attorney Tim Dodd. Tim, our next story, This I remember this. It was so bizarre. There were um, some very serious individuals um, in Boston that we're talking about doing some form of a almost like a terrorist action against police. They came to Rhode Island. They actually met with this guy from Warwick who was living, I think with his mother. They, they met on a Sunday in the rain right off um, of uh, Gatsby point. And he was like joined up with them in a, in a chat room. And then 
the officer then the excuse me one of the the individuals then was going to take action towards a police officer well anyhow he's um he's learning how how difficult he was was basically implicated in this terror plot so they are going to put him on home confinement tim dodd but i i've just never heard of such a long home confinement it's extraordinarily unusual this is very unusual john this is all because of covid um your listeners will recall this very peculiar set of facts that this um, gentleman who apparently has some um, mental impairments gets into a chat room and winds up conspiring with um, a couple of other individuals um, to undertake a mission of cutting the head off of a conservative talk show host because of um, things that she was doing which they considered to be um, derogatory towards the uh, Muslim faith. Um, he gets involved in this. They cook up this scheme um, um, in the sand, in the rain, at Gatsby Point. Um, it's all found out. He never gets to undertake his actual mission. Um, he ultimately is uh, prosecuted in the federal courts. He pleads guilty. And he gets a 15 years to serve sentence in the federal system. And when you get 15 years in the federal system, you do a usually about 85% of it at least. Now, his attorneys now say we need compassionate release of this gentleman, Mr. Ravinsky, because he has a number of unique medical problems. He's got neurological issues, cognitive issues, psychological issues. Um, he suffers from depression. He has, I believe, cerebral palsy. Um, he can't understand how he should be going about keeping himself away from exposure to potential um, COVID contamination, like washing his hands and keeping his social distance, etc. So they, his attorneys say he's a unique threat to um, get ill from COVID and unless he's released, dire consequences might ensue. The federal government's attorneys objected strenuously, saying, you know, this guy conspired with ISIS to uh, carry out a plot. He served less than five years of a 15-year sentence. There's nothing unique about his situation. There's no need for him to get out early. Um, the prison that he's at, the federal penitentiary in Connecticut, apparently has had quite a lot of COVID illness. And the court, after hearing both sides, uh, granted the compassionate release um, request of this defendant. But, but he's supposed to now be in home confinement at his mother's house for the next 10 years, which I've never heard of before. And after the first six months of a hard home confinement, um, he can ask that those conditions be modified or loosened. Now, if he's on home confinement with loosened conditions, does that mean he can go shopping? Does that mean he can go work a job? Does that mean he can go to the movies? We don't know. But in six months, unless, you know, people stay on top of this, it's likely that, you know, he'll just be living home with mom, which is what he was doing before he... Um, conspired with these other um, terrorists before he went to prison. So <clears throat> the government um, is likely to take an appeal. I believe they've um, asked the judge to stay the effectiveness of his um, decision so that they can take an appeal. And also, I think the government has a little time because anyone who's going to um, get out of a federal prison, there's a 14-day quarantine period where they're held sort of in, I don't want to say solitary confinement, but in a special area of the prison, 14 days before they can be released. So this guy's not going anywhere for at least two weeks, and the government will have time to move to stay or otherwise stop the effectiveness of this judge's decision. Um, it seems like a very generous um, decision of this particular judge to provide this guy with compassionate release based upon what he was alleged to have been conspiring to do. I mean, unfortunately, John, if you look around the country, there's been many other cases where um, terrorists who have either gone to trial and been 
found guilty or pled guilty or getting released on these compassionate um, release arguments because of COVID. Um, I'm not sure how, quite how equitable it is for these people to be getting out, but um, the judge is the judge and that's his decision. Folks, um, you're listening to the John DePietro Show with us as attorney Tim Dodd. A lot more ahead. Leave it right here on AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. MEGA truck and trailer repair. Call them today. Commercial trailers, diesel equipment. Serving Rhode Island and Massachusetts, 508-336-2110. 508-336-2110 for MEGA, M-E-G-A, MEGA truck and trailer repair. As I said, commercial trailers, diesel equipment, Free estimates, FHWA inspections and Rhode Island State Inspection Station, trailer pickup and delivery, 24-hour mobile service serving Rhode Island and Massachusetts. It's MEGA Truck and Trailer Repair. Call them today, 508-336-2110, 24-hour mobile service, and also ABS repairs, brakes, doors. Listen, if it's on a trailer, MEGA Truck and Trailer Repair, they can repair it. Call them today, 508-336-2110, 508-336-2110. It's MEGA Truck and Trailer Repair. Have you been thinking about updating your website? Do you have questions about how to get the most out of social media for your business? Would you like a free consultation from a local digital marketing professional who has been doing this work for 23 years? Contact Karen Etchells at Innovast Digital Marketing. Karen will help you better position your brand on the web to engage visitors and get results. She's local and responsive. Call Karen Etchells at 401-321-2799. That's 401-321-2799. Or find Karen on the web at www.innovast.com. It's John DePietro on AM 1380, 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at the website, dipietro.com. This portion of the program is brought to you by West Fountain Auto Body. Now, you know, I didn't make a big deal about it, but my vehicle was actually damaged uh, by some of the protesters when I was covering one of the protests. I didn't make a huge deal about it. I wouldn't want to be the focal point, but it's true. Some of the uh, protesters, they did. They damaged my vehicle. They broke the window on the side of my car. So what did I do? I brought it to West Fountain Auto Body, and you can call them today, 272-3340. I had to get it fixed. It was obviously damaged. They also damaged part of the door. And so I took it to West Fountain. I called Kenny at West Fountain Auto Body, 401-272-3340. It's Kenny and Patricia, West Fountain folks. They did a fantastic job. With me, I mean, that's there was only one place I was going to bring it. I needed to get my car fixed. Now, listen, if you're ever in an automobile accident, something happens to your vehicle and you need to get it repaired, call West Fountain Auto Body, 272-3340, 272-3340, the original, the best, right behind the Providence Public Safety Complex. It's West Fountain Auto Body. Call them today, 272-3340. They'll handle everything for you. If you're in an accident, something happens to your car, Bring it to West Fountain, 400 West Fountain Street, Providence, right behind the Providence Public Safety Complex, West Fountain Auto Body. With us is attorney Tim Dodd. Uh, Tim, let's touch on the fact that uh, Governor Mundo did uh, answer the fact that I guess a lot of people were calling this state police line that you're supposed to call in whether it's a stitch line or a rat line, but you're supposed to call if you see large gatherings. And, um, there were a number of people apparently were calling. Now, there was heavy volume on the phone, but in essence, um, they did not hand out any fines. The governor is is saying, in fact, that they, they will now, going forward, start to do it. It almost sounds like it was a week of warnings. But so so no one has had the ability to challenge this yet because in fact uh there were no fines given out what what is your thoughts so far on this on this line whatever you want to call it rat line snitch line the the line you tip line you're supposed to call if you see people having uh, more than a 15 person gathering i think it's disturbing how many people have um enthusiastically been calling the rat line uh, apparently there's been 
well over 250 calls since this was initiated. I believe the state police have gone out and found that approximately 50, maybe a little less than 50, of the complaints were legitimate. So they've gone off on a number of wild goose chases, and they've fielded a lot of calls for things that are not the appropriate purpose for the rat line. People asking, where can I buy a, a mask? And what can I, can I call you if I see somebody walking down the street who's not wearing a mask? There's a lot of um, relatively frivolous calls, um, which are not really for the purpose that the government, governor set up the rat line. And the state police have come out and said, yeah, we've, we've gone out on a number of calls and we've found some situations where there's been more than 15 people and, you know, we've told them to disperse and warned them, which I, I think is the appropriate um, thing to do. Now, if the governor is insisting that fines be um, levied by the state police, I'm sure the state police are going to resist doing such to the extent that they can. Um, they're going to be brought into court. They're going to be challenged. There's going to be probable cause issues. There's going to be search and seizure issues. Um, it's going to create a lot of legal controversy if they choose to give out these $500 fines, especially if they're now being told to give out the $500 fine to each person who's at such a gathering if there happens to be more than 15 people there. Um, it hasn't been tested. And as we've talked about before, the, gover the governor has come out with a lot of these edicts, suggested a lot of fines, suggested um, serious and strenuous enforcement of all of these um, edicts. Uh, I question the constitutionality of them. But most people are either, A, going to think the governor has the power and they will attempt to obey her instructions or her warnings, and folks who don't think her um, edicts are legitimate or constitutional might abide by them in any event because they don't want to wind up being the test case, spending money on lawyers, being in the newspaper, going to court, etc. So... There's the fear of prosecution or the fear that, fear that the governor and her staff uh, creates that people will be exposed to COVID. So she's getting cooperation through fear from two angles. If and when uh, somebody actually is fined for the conduct that's uh, prescribed, um, I think there will be a very vigorous legal challenge to um, the proposed fine, to the nature of the um, ordinance or the statute which allegedly gives um, the state police authority to issue these fines. And again, there'll be probable cause issues, there'll be search and seizure issues, and I would suggest, like we talked about, I believe, last week, state troopers come knocking at your door saying, we've heard a report that you have more than 15 people in here for a birthday party, we'd like to come in and do a head count. Say, no, you can't come in, come back with a warrant. Don't let them in. And it's as simple as that. Tim, I also... Oh, it's a, John, it's as simple as that, but the, but the typical police officer or state trooper is not going to say, okay, yeah. they're going to they're gonna try to cajole, threaten, this is going to get worse if we have to come back with a warrant. They'll try to scare the person uh, who's denying them entry into compliance. So you've this, if you choose to say you can't come in, You've just got to stick to your guns and say, no, you can't come in. And they'll threaten and they'll cajole and they'll try anything to get you to capitulate. And if, if you do, then the game is up. If you stand your ground, um, they'll have to come back with a warrant. Tim Dodd, what if someone uh, takes out their phone and they start recording and then they walk up and the police officer tells them, you know, turn off that turn that off. I don't want you recording me as we're talking here. Um, what what should the, someone do? Keep recording. They, they, they can't tell you to stop recording. Um, they can try. Um, they don't have the authority to do that. Um, you have freedom of that type of action. Um, if somehow you were recording it and standing in such a position that you were interfering with a police investigation, that's a little bit different. But if you're just standing there on the sidelines recording the interaction between 
a police officer or a state trooper and let's say the homeowner and the, and the officer says, turn that off. You don't have to turn it off. Hmm. What about if someone just doesn't answer the door? Then they don't answer the door. Okay. So then the police, they still can't come in. They can keep knocking no, and ringing. No, they can't bust the door down right. to come in and do a head count over yep. if you're having a party. They would have to come back with a warrant if yeah. they don't get admission. But again, they don't just turn around and no. Away. No. They'll go around, they'll look at the windows, they'll knock on all the doors, they'll, yeah. they'll, they'll try to behave in, in an, you would presume, an appropriately intimidating manner, but not in an illegal manner, right. um, in an effort to gain your compliance. They're very good at that. So if you choose to resist letting them in and standing your ground, you got to hang tough because they're not just going to walk away. Right. Folks, it's Sean DePietro speaking with attorney Tim Dodd. Tim, um, over the weekend, it was a fatality on Block Island. It's a horrible story. The details we have is I think a 16-year-old boy from Connecticut lost his life. The version we have is it was a young 17-year-old girl behind the wheel, I allegedly intoxicated. They had been drinking. It was 1230 in the afternoon. The kids were hanging out of the window, and then they inadvertently hit a pole, and the young man was killed. I've received a number of emails of people saying, well, what's going on with the case, and how come we haven't seen her now? If this individual is 18 years old, then uh, you know, then they, we see them brought in. Uh, but it's, it's amazing how this is someone who is a juvenile, and this is a terrible story all the way around. But um, and with family court, we, we really don't have a handle on with, where this stands at the moment. Yes, it's a, it's a dreadful case. It's, it's just a, a real tragedy all the way around. The, um, the young female driver, I, I think you're right, was 17. Um, the first reports are that um, they've been drinking. Now, there's a lot we don't know. Um, yeah. Did she um, did she submit to field sobriety tests? Did she uh, submit to a breathalyzer? Um, was she taken to a hospital? Did they draw blood? Um, was it drinking versus marijuana? I mean, I think it was drinking, but I really don't know for sure. She ultimately was charged with um, driving us to endangered death resulting because one of the young men died. She was also charged with driving to endanger serious personal injuries resulting because one of the kids was airlifted from Block Island to Rowland Hospital with real serious injuries. She was charged with DUI death resulting and DUI serious bodily injury resulting. There were apparently five people in this car, all young kids. Awful story. Now, if she was an adult huh. and this, the case against her could be proven, she'd probably if she didn't take it to trial, if she were to resolve it, she'd probably catch anywhere between 10 and 15 years um, to serve. You know, maybe she might get 18 or 20 years with maybe 12 to 15 to serve. Generally speaking, the courts are pretty harsh in sentencing on these cases, as they should be, to serve as a warning to other people and as a deterrent to not engage in this type of activity. However, this young lady was 17, so we don't yet know her name. We have not seen her picture. This is still in the family court system. Um, right now, she's being held at the training school. I believe there was a hearing on Tuesday, which didn't get much report. I don't think anything much happened. She's probably still at the training school. Eventually, there'll be a probable cause hearing as to the elements of the charge to see if they're sustainable. And there may or may not be a move by the state uh, to waive her to superior court to treat her as an adult. Um, if she remains in the juvenile system, in the family court system, the court has jurisdiction to hold her or incarcerate her at the training school until she's 21. That's it. So if she's 17, in like four years or so, she could be out. If they attempt to waive this to the superior court, many factors have to be looked at. Typically, you look at the um, child's uh, past history of offenses, um, the heinousness or the premeditated nature of the offense that's on the table. So this certainly, it was not premeditated. The outcome is heinous. Um, I'm not sure that meets the standard for waiver. 
And, um, you know, basically the court looks at the child's history. Have they been in the family court system before? What sort of a juvenile record do they have? Um, have they been um, found to be delinquent or wayward in the past? We don't yet know anything about this girl's history. Was this the first time she's ever been in trouble or has she had a history of problems with the um, court system? We don't know any of that yet. So whether or not the state attempts to waive her into superior court is an open question. Um, you know, when you have a murder charge, things of that nature, the waiver hearings are pretty predictable. Something like this is a little different. Um, the outcome is horrific, um, but her past history and the premeditation of it largely wouldn't be there. Folks, again, we speak with attorney Tim Dodd. A lot more ahead right here on the John DePietro Show. Well, it's a challenge to run your business these days. Maybe you need to find the right type of workers. Why not let MEGA professionals find them for you? Call MEGA professionals today, serving Rhode Island and Massachusetts, 508-336-7801. MEGA, M-E-G-A, professionals, 508-336-7801. Maybe if you need workers. Maybe you have workers that won't come back to work. You need drivers, certified help, part-time, full-time, maybe weekend work. You need the professionals at MEGA Professionals. Let them find the workers for you. They screen them all out. They send them right over to you. Serving Rhode Island, Massachusetts, call them today, 508-336-7801. Maybe you need mechanics or skilled labor or warehouse workers, office workers, professionals, even those in the healthcare profession, MEGA professionals. Call them today, 508-336-7801. Again, 508-336-7801. You focus on your business. Let MEGA professionals help you find the workers. MEGA professionals, 508-336-7801. Have you been thinking about updating your website? Do you have questions about how to get the most out of social media for your business? Would you like a free consultation from a local digital marketing professional who has been doing this work for 23 years? Contact Karen Etchells at Innovast Digital Marketing. Karen will help you better position your brand on the web to engage visitors and get results. She's local and responsive. Call Karen Etchells at 401-321-2799. That's 401-321-2799. Or find Karen on the web at www.innovast.com. Right now, I'll bet you could use some extra cash. Why not sell some of your gold, silver, other precious metals? Vero Industries, folks, over 40 years experience, they will give you cash. They'll buy your gold, silver, other precious metals. Call Lee today at 401 401- 434-8900. Leo has over 40 years experience. It's VERO, Vero Industries. They will buy gold, silver, other precious metals, old, broken, new, silverware, jewelry, serving trays, tea, coffee sets, or pieces. Listen, why not right now sell it and get that cash that you need? Call Leo at Vero Industries, 401-434-8900 impeccable reputation folks they know the industry better than anyone and they'll give you what it's worth your gold silver also a buyer of individual coins coin collections watches half earring pieces and much more call leo at vero industries why not get some cash right now for that gold silver and other precious metals call leo 401 434 8900 weekend evening appointments are available two locations or at your location their location two locations east providence and warwick call them vero industries 401-434-8900 listen get cash for that gold silver other precious metals you have call leo 401-434-8900 one more time 434 8900. 
We're speaking with attorney Tim Dodd. Tim, this next story out of Barrington is, uh, boy, it's a terrible story. Neighborhood dispute is another example why it is good to record this encounter. This man's been having these problems with his next-door neighbor. But the man in question, this this former dentist, I think he's retired, this doctor, he, right there on the video, he uses the N-word. He's very aggressive. He hits the man. He's, uh, it's one thing he's swearing at him, but uh, the Barrington police investigated this incident over a property line. But this took a different turn where the attorney general, Black Lives Matter, were protesting at the attorney general's office. And now uh, Attorney General Peter Narona, it sounds like they're reserving the right, or you explained to us, to maybe up the charge to include the hate crime. Yes, this is unique. You don't see this very often. Um, again, whatever you're doing out there in the world listeners um presume you're being recorded and govern your actions accordingly i mean this guy um this this gentleman in barrington i guess has a long simmering dispute with his neighbor apparently the neighbor is of um i believe middle eastern extraction if you will i i don't know the country of origin i don't think it's important to the story but the um defendant in this matter, um, for whatever reason, or based upon his neighbor's appearance um, on videos, calling him the N-word, and he does assault um, this um, neighbor. The neighbor says, this is not the first time I've been living here for three years, and I've been subject to microaggressions, that's the new word these days, microaggressions from the defendant. Now, this is all on video. the defendant, Mr. Gordon, or Dr. Gordon, I don't know which he is, um, is charged with um, disorderly conduct, and he's charged with assault. Now, the garden variety type of assault or disorderly conduct, if this uh, defendant was a first-time offender, it'd be pretty easy to get a filing and put the case to bed. This now has become a super high-profile front-page news story, Um, It's not going to be easy for the defendant to get this case to sort of plea bargain out and disappear. And one reason is that the um, Attorney General's Department has stepped in to assist the Barrington Police Department in um, enhancing the allegations against him under the Rhode Island Hate Crime Sentencing Act. Now, the statute in question, it's not hate speech, so any enhancement would not because would not be because of using the n-word or in any other circumstance any other derogatory um, racial or religious or ethnic slur it's the actual assault which kind of gets this uh, defendant in trouble under the hate crime sentencing statute if a person who is charged goes to trial and is found guilty or pleads nolo contendere, essentially admitting to the offense charged, if the state can show that the defendant intentionally selected the person against whom the offense was committed uh, because of the uh, defendant's hatred or animus towards the actual or perceived uh, religion, race, um, national origin, sexual orientation, etc., then the penalties can be enhanced. So if the defendant pleads guilty, or no low, let me say, or if he goes to trial and loses, then there's a second phase after the court determines the sentence on the basic misdemeanor, and this, these charges are misdemeanors, there's a second hearing. And if the state or the prosecutors um, can prove that... Um, let me say it's two parts to it. So you're going to show that this defendant assaulted um, the victim and uh, behaved in a disorderly manner. At the enhanced sentencing phase, the, the prosecutors would have to show that the defendant intentionally selected this person because he's got a problem with the person's race or country of national origin or ethnicity or religion. And if proven, then the defendant will be uh, sentenced to not less than 30 days of mandatory imprisonment 
and because it's a misdemeanor, not more than a year, mandatory imprisonment. And that sentence of prison between 30 days and a year can't be suspended. So <laughs> if the judge says, I'm going to enhance the penalties, you're going to go to jail for 30 days. It can't be, but I'm going to suspend that or give you home confinement. It would be 30 days to serve, and it could be up to a year to serve. Now, because of the high-profile nature of this case, Black Lives Matter protesting, they're protesting with the AG, they're protesting in front of the defendant's home, um, it's going to be very difficult for the defendant to negotiate his way through this system. Um, this is a rather precarious um, statute which is being utilized against him um, so this is not like the ordinary misdemeanor criminal case for a potentially first-time offender um, the stakes could go up for this guy dramatically Tim uh, what about uh, they, they supposedly have anecdotal evidence that one time they were hosting a bunch of people at their home uh, also Middle Eastern and so forth and and they claim that this individual decided to sit out on his porch and was like glaring at them, cleaning his gun. Well, again, that that would go to show that he had an intention. He intentionally selected um, this person. Now, if he says, "Listen, I I wasn't selecting this person because of his race or his country of national origin. I selected him because he was um, trespassing on my property, and I would have behaved the same if he was not." of the country of origin that he was from. Um, that's going to be a tough argument to make to say, I didn't assault him and I wasn't angry and I didn't use these words because I pre-selected him. It's because he was the guy who kept trespassing on my property. Now, I don't think that's going to be a legitimate argument. It seems to me this defendant, from what you read in the papers and what you can glean from the pleadings that have been made public, um, just simply had a problem yeah. with someone who didn't look like him moving next door to him. And that's, you know, you may not like it, but you can't act out in a way, um, in a criminal manner against some person that you might be unhappy has now moved into your neighborhood. You just can't do it. And this statute, which never, never gets used, um, has the potential to really cause um, this defendant some real criminal jeopardy and the potential for not less than 30 days in jail. Wow. Manda mandatory. Tim, let's also, um, finally, the, this is unusual, but the Rhode Island GOP actually has this mail ballot case that I believe has landed at the Rhode Island, at, excuse me, not the Rhode Island, but at the U.S. Supreme Court. And, um, and it all has to do with the fact that changing things the way they're done during this COVID time and not having to require signatures. But, this is uh, this is really incredible how their objection and how far the path that this case has taken. Yes, the, the most recent um, twist in the case was uh, after the First Circuit Court of Appeals um, upheld the decision of um, Judge McElroy in the, in the federal court in Rhode Island. Um, the Republican Party then moved for a stay of the First Circuit's ruling, uh, which they didn't get, but now they're appealing every, the whole thing, what the First Circuit did in denying the stay and in um, upholding Judge McElroy, and they've brought an appeal directly to the Supreme Court, the U.S. Supreme Court. Um, I would suggest that anyone who agrees um, with the complaint as to the mail ballot situation and no longer requiring two witnesses or a notary public, um, don't get your hopes up. Um, the Supreme Court, as they say, is loath to take on these types of cases. Um, we can expect the Supreme Court to do something on this. You know, it's, an, it's a, a petition for emergency relief. Um, I don't think the Supreme Court's going to step in and overrule the First Circuit on this one. I think that the COVID... Um, situation um, gives the petitioners the appropriate pretext to say we've got to waive these conditions because we can't subject people to COVID any more than necessary. 
and the Supreme Court would have to find that Judge McElroy and or the First Circuit abused their discretion or misconstrued the applicable law. I don't think they're going to go that far. And at this juncture, we're getting so close to, um, number one, the uh, primary election in Rhode Island, as well as the general election in approximately 12 weeks. And there's printing obligations and there's things that the Secretary of State has to do. I think the clock is going to run out on the ability for the Supreme Court to do anything, even if they want it to. But, John, they're not going to take this case. Yeah. They're not going to take it. I think we're going to be, for better or for worse, uh, stuck with the situation as dictated by um, Judge McElroy in our federal court. Folks, he's our legal analyst, Rhode Island attorney, Tim Dodd. Tim, great job. Stay safe. We'll talk to you again. You too, John. Take care. It's John DePietro. Listen, folks, this is a unique situation. But instead of wasting the time by just watching television or old episodes of old movies, instead, clean up your home, clean up your attic, clean up your basement and your garage. Call Brothers Disposal today, 401 401- 688-0517. Call them for a free estimate. They will deliver a dumpster right to your home. Do some spring cleaning. Use this time to finally clean that out that old junk from your basement, from your attic, from your garage. Do some spring cleaning. Use this unique time. Call Brothers Disposal today. 401 688 They'll come to your home. They will drop off a dumpster. You load it up, tell them whenever it is. Maybe it stays for a week. Maybe it stays for a weekend. Maybe it stays for one day. Call Brothers Disposal today. Free estimate, 401-688-0517. Stop watching Netflix. Do something productive. Finally, clean up your home. Clean out that garage or the attic or the basement. Call Brothers Disposal today, 401-688-0517. Free estimate, 401 401- 688-0517. It's Brothers Disposal, and let's get a dumpster in the driveway. Hi, Steve here, owner of Water Filter Company. Do you know what my customers are not doing today? They're not standing in lines to get into stores to buy bottled water, and they didn't have to scramble to get it either when all this first started. They enjoy all the safe, clean water they want, not during just this crisis, but all year long. Don't you think it's time you did too? So as you're standing in line waiting, How about you give my company a call? Call Water Filter Company at 294-2400. 294-2400. A Rhode Island family business since 1986. Johnson Propane. Folks, stop in and see Phil Johnson. You can call him at 621-8129. Located 904 Manton Avenue in Providence. Now, right in front of Stop and Shop next to Wendy's. They're open seven days a week for all your propane needs. It's Johnson Propane 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 tanks filled plus they have tanks and supplies here's the thing with johnson propane 904 manton avenue in providence they'll refill your blue rhino tank now most of the time if you bring it somewhere they swap it out and they charge you 22 bucks not with johnson propane phil will refill that blue rhino tank for just 15 dollars they're open seven days a week right next door to wendy's credit cards accepted nine to seven each day stop it and see phil and he never runs out he's always backed up since 1971 you can depend johnson propane bring in your propane tanks call him 621-8129 better yet stop it and see him 904 manton avenue of providence right in front of the stop and shop the guy is a legend and right next door to wendy's it's johnson propane you're listening to the john DePietro show Folks, weekdays, we start at 11, we go until 2. It's AM 1380. Remember now, Providence and North of Providence, I want you to try the 99.9 FM, 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at the website. Visit it, depetro.com, D-E-P-E-T-R-O.com. Right on the top on the left-hand side, you'll see where it says Listen Live. Just click on that. Anywhere in the world, you can listen while we're live on the air. And then right below that, on the dashboard, at the website, You'll see where it says radio show. If you ever miss any part of the show, you just click on radio show and folks, boom, there it is. You can pull it up. It's all in library fashion. And remember, the uh, Facebook Live is very, very popular. Check out the Facebook page. 
It's John DePietro Show on Facebook, and then you can also follow me on Twitter and Instagram and also on YouTube. Again, it's all under John DePietro Show. AE Mazika Insurance Services. Call today, free consultation. It's Scott and Alex, 401 353 9300. Folks, AE Mazika Insurance Services, located 1529 Middle Spring Avenue in North Providence. But you can call, free consultation, 401 353 9300. They're licensed Rhode Island, Massachusetts, and Florida. It's very simple. They're going to help you and your family save money. And maybe it's on your home insurance or life insurance business insurance, auto insurance, A.E. Mazika Insurance Services. Look for them on Facebook. They also have a great website. It's aemazika.com. Call them at 401-353-9300. What about if you save $200 a month? It's like giving yourself a raise. How about that? An extra $2,500 a year, maybe even more. And also, this time of year, make sure you're covered. Maybe it's for your motorcycle or your boat or jet skis, or an RV, an off-road vehicle, A.E. Mazika Insurance Services. Call them today, 353-9300-401-353-9300. Let them help you save money. It all starts with one phone call. A.E. Mazika Insurance Services, 1529 Middle Spring Avenue in North Providence. Why not? Let them help you save money. Give yourself a raise. 401 353-9300. Look for them on Facebook and their website is aemazika.com. This is Dr. Tony Fauci with your Rhode Island coronavirus update. In phase four, strip clubs in Providence are expected to reopen. At the Foxy Lady, all lap dancers must adhere to six feet of social distancing and all dancers must wear a mask. At the Cadillac Lounge, Dancers will be allowed to put hand sanitizer on male customers, but only for an agreed-upon price. At Club Fantasies, all patrons going into the VIP lounge must use credit cards, since the virus can easily spread on dollar bills. At Club Desire, all dancers are strongly encouraged to utilize the outside patio whenever possible, and all strip clubs should try to sanitize the stage and polls every four hours. All dancers should keep up to date with their contact tracing notebooks. I'm Dr. Fauci on the John DePietro Show. This portion of the John DePietro Show is brought to you by Lawn Doctor. Call today, your best lawn ever guaranteed, 401-392-1025, 401-392-1025, or online, they have a great website, Lawn Doctor. Com. What do they do? Well, outdoor pest control, annual program, lawn care service. They make great lawns happen. Lawn Doctor Rhode Island, your lawn care company. Love your lawn. Best lawn guaranteed. Call them today, 401-392-1025. Free uh, consultation and estimate, 401-392-1025. Lawn Doctor, and now is the time because you can get the early spring, the crabgrass control, time release fertilizer, professional blend of high calcium line. Lawn Doctor, go online, check them out. It's lawndoctor.com or call them today, 401 392 1025. Lawn Doctor.